0: Right, today we're going to talk about VS Code and pytest and and also unit test of course but all testing basically the VS Code uh, interface for testing has changed recently and that's kind of what we want to talk about Welcome to Python Test This episode is brought to you by the complete pytest course and by Patreon supporters Today, we've got uh, Courtney Webster and Eleanor Boyd. Um, Let's start with Courtney. Uh, Courtney, can you introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, hi, everyone. Um, Brian, thanks for having us. I'm really excited to be here and share all the work that we've been working on in the Python extension. Um, I'm the product manager, one of the product managers on the Python extension in VS Code. Um, I joined the team a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half now um straight out of college and have been working on kind of the getting started experience and the extension and as it pertains to the different features and so worked with Eleanor um, to get kind of the rewrite rolled out to all of our users um, and day to day I work on things like custom, customer development research um, data analysis help with controlled rollouts like this one Um, writing docs and other publications, and then working with the engineering team to kind of do our our planning and our roadmaps for the extension overall.
0: Awesome. Um, And Eleanor, can you introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a software engineer on uh, the Python for VS Code team. When I joined about a year and a half ago, uh, I took over testing. So all things testing is my wheelhouse now. So I began with this uh, testing rewrite, which I took on from some other amazing developers, which we'll mention a little bit about when we talk about this journey. But um, yeah, if you've ever had a testing question, you might have seen me on, on GitHub. I do all things testing for Python and VS Code.
0: All things testing. It would have been a good name for this podcast, but... (laughs) Yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> next time you'll now. have us on again and then you know, we yeah. can do it all over again <laughs>
0: well I already changed the name three times I think I, I think I've hit my limit um, so yeah okay so vs code it had testing in it or at least the Python extension well I don't, when I started using the Python extension for vs code it had some testing in it but the testing that's there now is completely different um, I don't know how you want to tackle this uh, discussion. But yeah. basically, how did we how do we get from there to here?
2: Definitely. I think we wanted to start with the first some kind of background um, for what our testing support is like in VS code. Um, so Courtney was going to talk a little bit about what features we have have compatible for pre and post rewrite, um, and how those are different. Okay. Yeah.
1: So when you think about the testing support, I guess, some background too, is when you think about VS code, the Python extension, and then the testing frameworks, they all kind of have distinct roles in this, the story of testing that we're telling. Um, and so the extension has always had PyTest and unit test support um, to provide testing to our users. And the extension really acts as like the middle layer between VS code and then the frameworks. And so it does the, the translating, the, the in-between part. And VS code handles all of the UI. And then the frameworks are doing the the heavy lifting, generating the data. And so the Python extension is just presenting the data in a way that's easy to read um, for the users. And so within the extension, you've always been able to run test discovery, run debug your tests. Um, You can view output in the the testing panel. Um, There's a testing output channel that you can digest your tests with and things like that. Um, and so with the rewrite, we didn't really, a lot of it was more like back-end changes. Like we didn't want to do too much heavy lifting on what the user's experience in terms of the UI. And so most of the rewrite was in the back-end about like how it's being done, how's, how the data is being parsed and things like that, that Eleanor can um, provide some more color to.
2: Yeah, definitely. So when we talk about maybe the, the user experience for uh, those of you listening that are users of the testing you might not have noticed a lot of changes because it, you know, our first goal was to get to feature parity with before the rewrite post rewrite, because again, like Courtney said, it was all backend. Um, and so you're probably thinking, why did we, did we make these changes if, you know, it's going to look exactly the same to the user. Um, and it's all about the, how well it works for users and also the possibilities moving forward for changes and updates. So previously um, on testing, we um, like to say it was very brittle. Uh, what how testing worked before the rewrite was we um, parsed all the output from PyTest from unit tests, and that is how we then generated um, what you see in VS Code. So for example, um, you know you see that little green check mark next to a test when it passes in VS Code. That was being, you know, we were generating that by reading the output, you know, right from standard out, standard error, and then finding that test and and returning that it had passed. And that's how you got that UI element. Um, and parsing output can be very challenging, can be super finicky, and was was not the best as we wanted to look to extend to, to a lot of other things and increase functionality. So that was... You know, not the <laughs> not what we wanted to do. So the team got together. Um, I'll talk more specifically about Pi Test because that's obviously more of a focus on this podcast uh, and for you, Brian. But um, we wanted to make something that was going to look better. So before I came, um, my wonderful team, uh, including my manager Brett Cannon, um, who Brian you know uh, and connected us, he reached out to the Pi Test team about what's the best way to create this this support and integration and um, figured out that the plugin was going to be the best way. So PyTest has an amazing plugin system that allows you to use PyTest hooks to connect into the PyTest, the entire run flow from, you know, call to finish execution. And this was going to be the best solution for our rewrite. Um, so First, we started on the Python side, working, um, or on the TypeScript side, working on things that needed to happen on the extension to make this possible. So before me, it was Kim Adeline Miguel who was working on it, and she did she did the start. And then our wonderful coworker, Anthony Kim, when he was at his internship, um, he's now returned full-time, which is great. Uh, he worked on unit test support. And then uh, I came in and did PyTest and wrapped it up. So uh, it's definitely been a team effort, including a lot of people along the way. Um, but uh, diving into a little bit of the technical details, because I'm sure you want to know what's different and how we do the rewrite and, and what this plugin is.
0: From my perspective, it seems completely different. So uh, it,
2: Oh, good. <laughs> um,
0: the. And basically, so my. My workflow often is uh, create a virtual environment before I even open VS Code. I'm creating a virtual environment, installing everything I need, and then opening and then just hitting like code dot, and and it pops yeah. up my it, it pop, opens this this workflow. That's my workflow, and then
2: yeah,
0: I go to the little like there's a the icon for it looks like a test tube or a beaker or something like that.
2: Yeah,
0: um, and uh, open that and. But then usually I have to make sure that I set the the test runner to PyTest. And then it asks, but it, it normally, if you, it just asks you, it says you need to configure this. Yeah. You hit the button right. and, uh, and it says like, you know, do you want to use unit test or PyTest? It's like PyTest, of course. And then, uh, and then it asks you like, from what directory? And that's really it. That's a, the, that's the, yeah. that's the obvious configuration you have to do. The, the right. later on where I have to add command line flags, <laughs> Um, that's, that's another something to learn, but, um, right. Okay. So there, now I'm looking at my code and if I mm-hmm. just hit like run all the tests or anything, it just works now and it pops yeah. up the results right away. So uh-huh. that's the thing that, um, the, 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 things that I noticed that are really, that I love that I'm so excited about for this is yeah. that it, I can have like broken I can have broken code that's not being run by the tests like other code.
2: Yeah.
1: It, uh-huh. it
0: used to be that like the test wouldn't even load if there was any broken code in my directory. Right. Yeah. Now, now the broken, my broken stuff that's in my like, you know, s- sandbox directory or something like that doesn't break the rest of my tests, which is awesome. So thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the other thing was uh, the test results were like, I got the green check Mark, but I'm like, well, where's the output? I want to see the output. And, yeah. and now it, automatically pops up so um i like the experience now and it does if it if it really is the same as before i don't see it as the same it feels it feels brand new to me so i like
2: it. yeah yeah and i think that that's like the rewrite was getting it to the same and and now you're talking about those feature ads that we were able to do so you know implementing and moving to a plugin now allowed us to have error tolerant discovery because now we could instead of waiting for the whole thing to finish and now we're parsing output that has errors in it. Instead, we're sending back positive these payloads from PyTest that are saying, okay, here's the tests that we were able to discover. Um, And, you know, PyTest is error tolerant as well. You know, like it is able to keep going. If it, if it finds, you know, a file that has a incorrect import in it. And so we're just, you know, harnessing that functionality. So does, does,
0: so does, so does VS Code use the pytest test discovery then, um, and
2: yeah, use the output? From yeah, that? okay. Yeah. Sure. So what happens is um, you put in. You talked a little bit about those testing args. Um, so users can put in their their testing args, and we'll just take that and we actually just spin up a subprocess and run pytest. And so we'll just run pytest with all the args that you submitted. Um, and then we also just add in our plugin. And so what our plugin does is it, it just connects in via the hooks that we discussed, um, PyTest hooks. And then it just creates these payloads that it then uses sockets, soon to be named pipes for making a change to communicate back um, the data to, to the Python extension that we can then display. So instead of waiting for the entire, you know, test run to finish, like a you know, thousand tests, instead of waiting for all of those to finish, we can send back payloads whenever we want. And this allows a lot more functionality um, and allows for that error handling in, in such a more um, useful way because we're we're creating our own communication instead of relying on standard out as our only means of transmitting information.
0: Yeah. Cool. Super fast yeah. and zippy.
2: Yes, definitely. And that was one of those feature ads is um, in addition to the air tolerant discovery, you were kind of talking about the the speed there, but um, you've probably also noticed dynamic run, which is now possible with the new rewrite. Tell um, me, what, what so, is that? Yeah, definitely. So if you have a ton of tests and you click run, um, they'll come in as each one finishes, it will display the results to you instead of you having to... Um, Wait, you know, you could watch in the output, you know, a pie test, you know, puts little green dots when your tests are going well. Um, You'll notice that in your sidebar, the green checks will show up as you go. So if you have a thousand tests, you'll start seeing the green checks come up as they go instead of waiting till the very end and then have all the UI update at once.
0: Yeah. Get like 57 little dopamine hits.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's better that way. If you notice something's not working. Um, Yeah.
0: So do they run in, can you, does the like XDIS with it work with it? Can I run the tests in parallel? Um,
2: um, you know? The, for if you can run parallel tests yeah. and then have the output. Yeah, you can run, you can run parallel tests okay. um, and you can attach the debugger uh, and all of those things. So if you want to add some, that is actually something I've been working on recently as we switch over to named pipes, uh, making sure that all works. And that was one of the challenges that we really saw. Once you start sending back um, info after each test finishes, now it's harder to know when do all of the tests finish. So a lot of dynamic, that dynamic run infrastructure, uh, we had to change our design on how we knew when test run finishes, how we correlated output, how we made sure we got all the output. Uh, So that's where kind of the big challenges came in 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 this rewrite was how we then handle, you know, your entire run lifespan.
0: All right. Okay. I didn't want to derail it. I've got a ton of questions, but I don't want to <laughs> derail it too much. Um, no. uh, is it, What do you want to talk about next with this?
2: Yeah. Courtney, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, we made these changes and what the rollout looked like and, and how that whole process went for us?
1: Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good next step. And I'll also say that kind of to, to summarize and to, um, put a bow on kind of the, all the updates that we just talked about. Um, one of the big focuses, which is kind of like re, um, redefining those roles that I talked about at the beginning. So like putting a lot more or allowing the frameworks to do what they do best. So that way the extension can be more of, um, a little bit more performant and do all the other things that we're enabling with the rewrite. Um, so allowing the, the frameworks to kind of do what they do best and give us the data and parse the data for us. So that way we can enable a bunch of these new features and add-ons, um, to our, to our users. And so a lot of that was kind of like the focus of the rewrite as well, was like redefining those roles. Um, but when we're, when we're thinking about, we made all of these changes and now we need to get it out to our users. This was a complete overhaul of our testing code and testing architecture. And so it was a huge, huge, substantial back backend change. And so to do that, it was like, we know that we are going to release these changes, um, but we don't want to give it out a hundred percent at once because we don't want to miss something in the code that's going to break testing for all of our users. So Um, We do what we call a controlled rollout to de-risk the changes. So a controlled rollout in our terms is where we're able to slowly push changes out to a portion of our user base. And so if you use the the Python extension, you can either use the pre-release version or the release version. And so if you're opting to use the pre-release version, you're going to be a quick adopter. You're willing to adopt bug fixes, changes as soon as possible And we really rely on these users to give us that that quick, raw feedback. And they do, which we love um, in in our issues. And so in the controlled rollout, we're able to assign um, basically a percentage of our users to receive um, these changes. So in this this, um, scenario, it's the testing rewrite changes. Um, And as they adopt the changes, they're able to write bugs. So they're like, this used to work for me, and now it's not, or um, whatever their scenario might be. And so we're able to triage those issues and talk about, okay, is this working how we wanted it to and evaluate, is this a scenario that we considered in the rewrite that should be working? And is this user on the rewrite? If they are, and it's not working, okay, we'll dig into it a little bit further, but if they're not on the rewrite, let's get them on the rewrite, have them rerun their scenario. And if it works, Awesome, like that's that's validation that this is um, this is doing what it's supposed to be doing, and so it kind of just went through. Um, I don't want to say trial and error, but it's just kind of like that feedback loop there. So going back and forth between our users that are on and off the rewrite, and seeing what cases are being addressed and what cases aren't, and so we did a lot of um, digging that way, and we were able to find some some significant bugs that we. Um, wouldn't have found otherwise kind of like working with our users in this way. And so as we um, go through the issues and feel comfortable, we'll up that percentage of the rollout and then slowly get up to stable. And so as we up the percentage of users that are receiving the, the rewrite we're acknowledging that's reaching more edge cases in terms of like scenarios, setups, configurations that we're able to test on the rewrite. Um, And so it's just relying on those issue reports um, is, is really helpful to know one, if it's working the way we want it to, um, if there's any holes in our testing, because everything that goes into the extension undergoes extensive testing internally as well before, um, before it goes out. And so it helps us kind of match our expectations there as well. And so that was a really helpful process for us to go through as a team as well, is just like going through the, the issues that we were receiving, um, in marking which cases needed a little bit more digging into, and in which cases were meeting our expectations.
0: Yeah, any surprises with the rollout that you didn't like?
2: Um, were they, I. Were the things there that were definitely really broke
0: or anything, or they...
2: <laughs> Oh yeah, there were definitely. We went at one point. We were ready. We went up to fifty percent of all users. And then there was so many bugs. And so we took it back down and it, it turned up being an issue with um, the size for people that have really big repo sizes, since we're communicating over sockets, um, all of the data wasn't getting sent on one socket uh, communication. Um, okay. And so we had to com- completely rethink how we were doing that communication piece and and um, figure out how to to handle really big repo sizes uh, and get multiple streams of data that were coming in. So, um, yeah, a lot of people have different setups. Uh, and, you know, you can, I created a ton of tests. Uh, as you know, you can create so many tests, um, but there are a lot of use cases that I, I didn't see people, didn't expect people to be using. And so it's so useful to get users to give me their exact their exact repo um, and then see from there. So that was definitely a big one was, was handling size and
0: it was sorry the 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 i I guess there's there's vs code there's the python plugin for vs code and there's the is the testing is there is the testing bit like a separate piece that's that uses that handles other languages also other than python or
2: yeah so what what happens is we have vs code core um so that's like vs code uh has um an API for testing and so that allows you to um, do all those things like open the testing panel, you know, use the run button, all of those things Um, and that's managed by my wonderful coworker Connor Pete and then I take his API and I implement it for Python so um, this just allows me, you know, I do everything that kind of takes the output from PyTest to everything you see kind of on the screen. Um, and he just makes it so all of those different screen designs, all those different places are enabled.
0: Well, the, well were there improvements in that in the core testing part also that were needed?
2: Yeah, um, there I think there were, there were kind of two pieces when we did the rewrite. Um, it was a lot of just we knew what we had to do and it was a lot of on our end. But now as we look towards the future, there are some things that we want to enable that uh, do require some changes on core. Um, okay. I think like one small example I can think of is as we switched to using um, the, the test result panel, where you can instead click on each test and you kind of see the, uh, what, the failure um, before you couldn't search in it. And so, you know, that was a that was a nice feature ask that that we could ask Connor, um, make that searchable uh, so you could better um, navigate that because we knew users really wanted to do that. Um, and going forward, test coverage is actually coming and that has been enabled by all this work Connor's doing. Um, he's created and allowed test coverage to be possible in VS Code. And so now um, I'm going to look to implement it for Python.
0: Okay, cool. Neat. Um, so many exciting things. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the, so there was a flag. Um, so you're saying rolling it out to a percentage, but there was also this flag that you could turn on. Did that like bypass the flags the the, the percentage thing then? To
1: yeah, it- yeah. So basically, the we have an internal tool that helps us with doing these rollouts, and so it'll essentially um, bin our users and then randomize who's receiving whatever um, rollout that we're trying to give. And then there's also the experimental flag. And basically what our tool does is turn on that flag for those users that are in the whatever, say 25% that we're turning it on. But a user can also opt in to those um, manually. So they can go into their, their settings.json file and opt into the the experiment experiment manually, as well as opt out. So we give the users kind of the choice of like, Do you want to experience this now? Do you not want to experience this now? But for this specific change, it was like you can only opt out for so long because, like, this is going to be adopted fully. Um, And so. Okay,
0: cool. So if somebody complained, you could just say, hey, just turn this off. Yeah. It fixes them in seconds.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we did and have users that were that were experiencing that. And so we were like, you can turn it off for now. But just letting you know, like, this is you're not going to be able to turn it off forever. So let's, let's
2: work together to figure out a way that you can still be yeah. successful. And this, cool. you know, made it made it easier for bug fixes too, because um, mm-hmm. we'd find something wouldn't work with the new testing rewrite, we would tell the users that were experiencing this bug, okay, go back to the previous version. We'll get it fixed, and we'll let you know when you can turn the rewrite back on. Um, so this made it a lot easier, hopefully easier for our users to to deal with the transition as well.
0: That's interesting. Is there so is there a system in place to like so, if so uh, to have like a particular bug or something to say, hey, I've got this set of users that had this issue. Once you have it fixed, to notify them to say, hey, this we think this is fixed. Could you try it again and let us know if it's still broken? Do, do you do that or?
2: Um, it, that would be great if we could do it for all users. Um, I mean, we are always on our GitHub, uh, so users report, and then we keep um, okay keep so going. So
0: more of a manual things. thing then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, that's that'd be.
2: cool. <laughs> <We> <laughs> I know. I wish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Anyway, so is this? Um, is the? I know that a bunch of the VS Code. Well, actually, I I think that the bunch of the VS Code Python stuff, or at least the Python stuff, is open source.
2: Mm-hmm. is yes. is
0: is the Python this plugin that you're talking about is this part of the yeah. open source package also
2: Yeah yeah it is all our entire python extension is open source so everything we've been discussing is open source uh which is amazing and we take contributions so if anyone wants to see a change with their how testing works in VS code you can come on over to our github repo VS code Cuz
0: I'm python. I'm really curious about how you're doing this like uh <laughs> reporting back every after each test run That's-
2: yeah definitely definitely using the um one of the Pytest test hooks that finishes after each run completes um yeah then we just created our own uh payload design that sends back and got some some socket communication happening to to keep that going
0: okay so one of the questions i had was yeah if there's future work planned you've already mentioned coverage being added is there are there other future things that we can like in
2: Definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, coverage is one. We're super excited about that. Um, again, really lucky to be working with such a great open source community. Um, Ned Batchelder, who uh, is in charge of coverage.py, um, has been a great resource for us as well. So, we really appreciate the open source community help. Plus, he's um, a super and, nice guy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I've been in <laughs> and with I'm him from in Boston, too. Both okay. Bostonians. Cool. Makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> um so that has been awesome and then um we're doing django testing this is uh, actually been our currently is our oldest issue the requested on our repo um and has over 200 upvotes uh is compatibility with django tests so uh the rewrite has now enabled this to be possible so um i haven't started We have to do a few other things first, which I'll talk about in one sec to be able to get Django testing working. But now uh, I've been working with the Django open source community and we have, um, you know, like a little demo of exactly how it's going to work. And now you can, now once we get it implemented, you'll be able to run Django tests, which include, you know, setting up databases. There's a lot of other things, other steps that go into Django tests. Uh, And now all of those will be compatible with the UI, the run button, all of that jazz.
0: Well, the so the built-in Django testing is a unit test backend, um, right? But a lot of people use the Pytest Django, or those both considerations that you're looking at, or
2: okay. yeah, we're um, we've started with the unit test backed one. Um, okay. I think we haven't gotten as many requests for the Pytest uh, backed one. Um, I, but again, this is just based on our repo, so you know. We would love to hear thoughts from, from anyone. I, I don't know how common it is in, in everyone's scenarios. So Okay. We'll definitely um, consider it if it's common. Well,
0: maybe it's already working if the PyTest is working. Because it's <laughs> instead of instead of saying like Django test or something, I don't know how you launch it. Or um Right. But, um it's through PyTest, but PyTest is it's got a plugin that does like you probably already know this. Um has a, most of the most of the functionality that the built-in Django testing does.
2: In the plugin. Yeah, so, yeah, I think so. plugins plugin support um, for PyTest is really is really solid right now, and we're trying to get it to a great place that all your awesome plugins work. Um, but uh, the the issue with the unit test side um, was yeah, normally people run it with Django, or they have to provide additional arguments um, so that you can find uh, these like extra Django configuration files. So just allowing those to be possible. Um, and configurable because that's another thing that happened before our testing rewrite kind of mentioned it a little bit at the start when you're configuring your tests you know you get a few questions and then you can always go back and edit those command line arguments in your settings but that's kind of like that string array is pretty much all you get in terms of configuration when you're looking at tests and how you want them to run in vs code and so one of our other big upcoming things is more customization in terms of how you configure your tests. So mm. yeah, this is going to be really fun. So what's going to happen is you can now have you'll be able to have multiple test configurations. Um, so if you want to run one set of tests uh, versus another and you want different args for each of them, you'll be able to do so and there'll be a little drop down next to your run arrow and you can select which configuration you want to run. And this is an awesome feature that was already enabled by Core, but we just weren't using yet. So uh, you'll be able to select, you know, coverage, run, have different have a different one for debug um, than what you want to just normally run tests. And then uh, additionally, you'll be able to provide a lot more specifications. So uh, we're adding in a spot that you can provide in environment variables, an M file. Uh, so we're looking at kind of solving that issue where, you know, you want to provide some environment variables that your tests then look at to reference, you know, some data, those will now be possible uh, with these additions and, you know, a unique run configuration for whatever environment variables you want to set.
0: Well, and will the run configuration stuff, when you add that, will that make it a little faster to add arguments to my test run?
2: Yeah, definitely. There's a a great UI that, you know, you'll just kind of click a down arrow on the run button and then you can click like configuration and it will pop up. So hopefully it will be easier that that flow will be much nicer. Um, And then, you know, again, as we continue to use all the these features that that core has enabled, um, as we get more requests for people that, you know, they want something even easier. Those are, those can then be conversations about what testing looks like moving forward. So we're excited to see kind of after we do these changes where, where the community wants us to go.
0: Okay. So right now, just uh, to, just to remind people to add arguments right now, I think you have to go into settings, search, maybe there's a faster way I'm doing, go to settings, (laughs) search for podcast and then add arg. Right.
2: Okay. Right. Yeah i think yeah i think that's a, <laughs> that's the flow not as fun it'd be much easier if you click this like little gear icon and it pops you right there so that should be what it looks like uh once we get the configuration there's,
0: there's like that. a shortcut for getting to settings though i always forget it isn't there like a oh it's like yes. meta comma or something like that
2: there's mm-hmm. a yes it's i have a map uh, um it. command yeah command comma or you can yeah. use the command palette. I'm a command palette person, so then I'll just type that.
1: But me too. Uh, all the shortcuts the- get lost in my in my brain. <laughs>
0: what, what's the command palette?
1: Um, uh-uh. that one's Command Shift P, or and it's a pop up. Yeah, right. Uh. Yeah, so it's the little drop down menu. It has like a what is that? Like a greater than symbol, and then it, you type all the commands. So that's where all the commands in VS Code and for all of the extensions live as well. Um, so if you type like uh, Python, for example, it'll list out all of the different Python extension commands, as well as every other extension that you have installed in your VS Code instance.
0: Okay, but uh, I can't. I can't use that to get to the arguments, though, can I?
2: No, uh, then you would just have to go for settings. You would yeah. have Maybe to yeah. settings JSON okay. or settings UI from there.
0: So that's. I guess that's my bad for using like so many editors. I sometimes forget how to get to the settings.
2: Oh, no. I think you're you're on the the right one with the with the command and then the um the less sign to get you there faster. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, sounds like you're that you're the power you're a power user for sure.
0: <laughs> I just don't like to use my mouse. But, um. We
2: get that a lot. We hear that from so many
1: users. <laughs>
0: really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because also the first thing I install even before Python is the 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 Vim extension.
2: Mm. So. Yep, yeah, we get that. we get that a lot too, and it's great <laughs> that there are extensions because I'm a mouse person. Uh, probably maybe a newer generation of coder uh, or just a different type of coder. Uh, so I'm a mouse person, so I can use my mouse. But then uh, every you can have extensions, and people can create new extensions that allows them to configure the editor how they want it
0: to look yeah and that's i think that um so i i think of myself as a vi user but i haven't actually i don't i mean i only use vi when i like am SSHing into some whatever um so I'm, I'm it's always like either vs code or I now usually but anyway yeah. um super cool what haven't we covered that you want to talk about Uh, Anything
2: question? I feel like we've done a great job hitting all the major points, Courtney. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, I think we've hit most of them. Did you have any other questions that were interesting to you or anything (laughs) like that?
0: (laughs) Okay. So one of the, the, I'm just excited that there's more stuff coming. I'm excited to see what's coming next. How do people find out? They just uh, hopefully listen to Python bytes and we'll let them know there, um, or, or <laughs> Python test. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. We, yeah, we also, um, post all of our iteration plans as well as roadmaps publicly. So people can check out our, um, iteration plans in the, the public VS code repo, um, We have a a testing section, so testing specific updates. You can track um, all of our progress there. Um, We link all of the issues, as well as just overall extension updates for those that are interested in more than just testing. Um, And then issues in our repo is our number one form of communication with our users, and we love interacting with our users through our issues. So um, file issues, engage in discussions, things like that to, to stay up to date.
0: Okay, yeah, like, and Courtney. Like, sorry, sorry, Courtney
2: writes a release blog too, uh, which she traces all the time. So you should definitely uh, the blog is great. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, you can subscribe to get it emailed, right, Courtney? Yeah, you can subscribe to get the release <laughs> blog
1: um, in your email, which so is great. great email. <laughs> yeah,
2: a shameless plug. And then you pop. can follow along. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, okay. And hopefully, an RSS reader somewhere or feed, but.
2: Maybe. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh yeah. Uh the other thing I, I just wanted to wrap it up by saying so yeah. um, anybody listening, if you tried VS Code before and tried to test with it and was frustrated and were frustrated, uh try it again because it's a, a lot more less painful experience. I mean, that's probably like a bad way to put it, but it you know, for some people that might be it's better appropriate. Yeah, it's better.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. We we really appreciate people coming back and and trying it and seeing, you know, if this work we put in is is making a difference for people. Um, we've closed, I think over 150 issues related to things that people were, wasn't working for people since I started the rewrite. So we're looking at a lot of, you know, the, all those nitpicky things, those little things that you don't think you, you know, shouldn't bother you as much as they do that are just like ruin your workflow. Hopefully we got to all of those.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: It's really great to hear okay. that you tried it again and thought it was um, such a, a different experience in a good way too. Yeah, so we love hearing that feedback <laughs> and how um, how delighted and surprised you were as a user trying it out again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so I, I, to, to be honest, I've, I've tried it on my like public uh, so open source projects. Um, I haven't tried it on some of the big gnarly projects that I have. Um, mm. So that'll be next. So I'll, uh, if it breaks, I'll let you know.
2: Please do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let us know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. Brett's awesome. test for me was the packaging library from Python. He was like, if you can get it running on there, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> so definitely okay. let us know if you find a repo that it's not working on.
0: Okay, cool. I will. Uh, thanks a lot.
2: Definitely. Yeah, thank you for having us.
0: Thanks for listening to Python Test. Follow the show on Mastodon through at Python Test or at Brian Aachen both on Fostodon.org. This episode is brought to you by the Complete PyTest course. PyTest is powerful and easy to get started. You owe it to yourself and your team to write clean, easy to read tests to save you time now and during maintenance. The Complete PyTest course will get you started with good habits and teach you some cool tricks when you need them later on. Even if you already use PyTest, why not level up? With a 30 day refund policy, you've got nothing to lose. Check it out at courses.pythontest.com. Thank you, Patreon supporters. You rock. Links to the course and Patreon sign up are in the show notes. That's all for now. Now go ahead and test something.